All right, welcome to Fireside Conversations. I'm Connor. I'm Andy. I'm Kate. And this week, I think this episode might be a little different. We're going to be diving into Andy's sermon about the word over the world. And we're going to be talking about kind of a lot of the the nitty gritty of what is the Bible? How do we use it? Um, I'm really excited for this conversation. I think we all are. We we all kind of nerd out about this kind of stuff. And there's a lot of... um, there's a lot of misconceptions about the Bible, mm-hmm. and I think also a lot of people, they, they've gone to the place that they're like, okay, I'm a, I'm a Christian, I'm a believer in Jesus, I get that the Bible should be a part of my life, but I don't know how to do that, because the Bible can be really intimidating, and you're like, do I need to learn Old English to mm-hmm. understand the Bible, and there's just all these right. things kind of in the way, so... We just want to kind of push through a lot of that intimidation today. Um, But first, let's uh, just give a little bit of a recap of your message, the word over the world. So what kind of, what's the heart of that message if anyone missed it? Yes, simply we believe that God's word, uh, the, the Bible, is what governs our life, not the world. And that we want to be... Um, faithful in reading scripture, understanding it, and following it. And the world is going to pull us away from that. It's going to tell us the contrary, that we should live this way or that way. So when I talk with someone, they will say, well, I think we should do this. And often I will say, based on what? Based on my feelings, my experience. And those are all valid, but if they're not valid, if they go outside scripture, Mm -hmm. what God says. And I think that the reason why people have a hard time following the word is because they don't have the proper understanding of the word. They think it's either outdated or too complex Mm -hmm. to understand. And I think that this is where the church as a gathered community comes together to help people understand God's word. And I think people would be very surprised how relevant the Bible actually is Hmm. and that more so than um, anything else, meaning they would be surprised that it's not this wrath, it's not this um, complexity, you know, there is a flow to it that points to the gospel, the good news, it's good news. And Mm. I heard a pastor, Andy Stanley, say, even if you don't believe in it, you should want to believe in it because it's good news. And so... We want to start with that. And so we just want that to be our governing guide of how we live our life. Mm. You say, when you say the word, what do we mean by that? So, because in, sometimes we say, you know, the Bible, the word of God, we use those interchangeably. But then in John, are you about to pull that up? I was going to pull John. Yeah. In John, it says something a little different. So what is the word of God? Yeah. So, you know, John 1 says, In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. And what John is getting at is that the word is Jesus. And the the word, as we want to talk about today, is not necessarily Jesus, but it's the this collection of 66 books that have been um 
inspired by the Holy Spirit, by God himself. A lot of it is quoting Jesus himself that has given us a glimpse of who God is and how to follow him. And so when we talk about the word today, it's going to be the 66 books, this collection of books that stem from thousands of years before Jesus to, you know, within the first century of um post Jesus. Uh, so you have the New Testament and the Old Testament. So that's what we're going to discuss today is the word and, you know, God's word, his spoken truth. You know, he just spoke creation and it happened. How that happened is, is debatable, but it was from God and it's mm-hmm. from his voice that uh, the world came to be. And so uh, it's a great question. But so when we talk about the word, we're going to talk about scripture and what God tells us to do and how to live life. Mm. Yeah. So I, like, I think what you're saying is like the, like Jesus is the, the word he's, mm-hmm. he's the word. And, but the Bible are God's words, right? So they are like, like he's the full word of God, but the Bible's part of that. Cause it's all his words. So they're, and the yeah. Bible is intimate. I'm going to be honest with you guys. Like, yeah. Growing up, like I didn't know anything about the Bible. Yeah. And I would even say through college, like I was so um, unfamiliar with uh, where things were, what God was saying, the big picture. and um, But yet I was still a believer. So even if you are unfamiliar, like if, if you're like me, I remember being sitting down at a church service and when the pastor would say, could you look up like, you know, uh, Joel or Habakkuk or one of these smaller books, I'd be sweating and I would see yeah. all my it's always friends, the, the minor prophets. Yeah. Get and you. I would see like everyone like know exactly where it was. <laughs> and I'd be like flipping through. And then I knew like, all right, I'm in the gospels. I've gone too far. And now I'm like in, you know, um, uh, in the middle of the, I don't know, I'm lost. And then, then I would have to like sneak into the glossary, you know, and yeah, find it, yeah. find it out. Table and I'm like, okay, page 1,400. Okay. And then finally, as they finish reading the scripture, I pull the scripture up and I just want to be like, that's okay. You know, that's okay. It's, it's a process. And many of you are right there. When Connor said minor prophets, you're talking about, what do you mean? Minor who? What does that even mean? And, and it's a process. And as we dive into scripture for me personally, it made me want to know more about it. And um, hopefully we can set kind of a foundation of what the Bible is mm. and kind of how to navigate it just even a little bit. I had a similar experience. I I really like came into the church in like middle school. So I, in one sense, I grew up in the church, but I kind of missed all that elementary school, Sunday school time when you just get like pounded with all the Bible stories. And I remember like being in middle school and like people would be talking about some like Bible story. And I knew like Noah and Jonah. And I think I kind of mixed them up in my head. Like Moses was on the ark or, <laughs> and I just remember being like, man, how did I miss all this? Like, what are we talking about? And Well, don't you think though, what you're talking about is also like when you're talking about a journey, it's almost like our view of the Bible is what will determine how, if we read it, how we read it, how mm-hmm. like if it means anything to us what it means to us and i think if it's if it's a book of stuff to be learned hmm. that's very different from like this is how we know god 
this is a book about God. This is how mm. we know him. This is how he speaks to us. And I think what you, what you guys are describing is very similar to, to how I originally viewed it, where it's like, let me learn the stuff. Let me learn where things are. Let me learn who the characters are. Let me learn. Uh, and And that's part of it. But I think part of the journey, too, is that it's, it's more, it's so much more than that. Yeah, I grew up thinking this was a rule book mm-hmm. of things right. not to do. Right. But the majority of the teachings in the Bible are things that we should be doing. It talks about how to live life. Um, you have your Ten Commandments, and those are do not do these things. Right. But the majority of a Bible is kind of, this is how I want you to live life, not by what not to do, but what to do though there are some knots um but more than that the bible is giving us a glimpse of who god is right and it's a whole story it's really hard to take out certain parts of the bible without understanding the whole story and i know we're probably mm. going to dive into that i see yeah, smart on i want to stop <laughs> i want to stop you there because i in a minute we're going to really dive into yeah what is the bible and you guys are getting a few no you no it's good (laughs) there's there's so much good stuff here this is such a good conversation um but first maybe before we say what is the bible let's just start one step before that and say why should i even Mm. care about the bible let alone trust the bible let alone let what the bible says dictate what i think about things Mm -hmm. why do you guys trust the bible i think we have choices we can trust in humanity and the world or we can trust in um, who god is and what god says and as we know the world changes culture changes something that is seemed to be appropriate today was not appropriate 15 20 30 years ago and vice versa and where is our morality is one thing is that one of my professors said we got to start with an understanding that there is there a general morality commonality that we believe that there are certain things <clears throat> in this world that are just wrong, right? Mm-hmm. And we could say the Holocaust. That, yes, everyone would be on the same page. That was right. wrong. And then we can kind of tear down, you know? And there gets a point where maybe as a believer in Christ that there are things, you know, um, having sex before marriage that, that it's a morality line that you know th- those who follow Jesus what, what you know God says in his word would say no that's not the best life I want for you I want you to wait for marriage mm-hmm. and turn on the TV you know that the world disagrees with that right and so they'll say well why are you thinking this way we think this way you know and so you have a morality difference but in terms of um, I heard that, Andy. Yeah, it was a weather alert. <laughs> it's going to rain in like four minutes. But I think what the Bible is, it's constant. It doesn't be, it's not influenced by culture or by the world. And God is God. He's never changing. He's the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. And we just want to know who he is and what that unchanging God is like mm. and how does he want us to live life. And that's why it's so important to know the Bible because there's so much in here 
that will help us to live the life that God has created us and put us on this earth purposefully. It's like the manual, you know, like we are a, let's say we're a machine. And if we're not, we, there's a way to operate humanity in its maximum capabilities. And God wants us to unleash that. And this scripture shows us and tell us how to do that. And so we just want to like open up the manual. What does that look like? And it's for our benefit. The Bible's for our benefit that I want you to wait till marriage because I want you to have the best marriage. I want you to have the best sex. I want you to fall in love. I want those things for you because I created you. I know you. I know what you're for. And if we choose the world, well, we're going to be chasing happiness. We're going to, it's going to be changing and we're going to be disagreeing because what we think, right, is very different than um, people who live somewhere else, has a different political view, or uh, a different country, whatever. And it's all over the place, but the Bible's constant. Mm. It's hard to, to not jump ahead and answer part two of that question, but I feel like, I feel like just thinking why the Bible, it's like if you, if you believe that the Bible is not just a book, but that it really is living and active and it changes you. It's like every time you read it, you are having an encounter with God that could change your life. Even if you were to read Mm. the same thing every day, you know, that it's not just a book. And I think, um, I, I don't think it takes long to discover that because God wants to be found, you know? And, Mm -hmm. and so, when when we make that step to to know him more through reading the Bible, I feel like he meets us in that place in really powerful ways. And so it's like, yeah, does that? And I think there, you know, I think 99% of the question, I just made that statistic up. Yeah. But I think 99% of the questions are actually answerable in, in, in the scripture and Bible of who God is and some of his character. And there are some things that are a mystery, and we Paul even says that you know the mystery of 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 who God is. But I do think that there are more answers in there that people believe don't uh, that people are unaware of. Mm-hmm. And to find those answers is to read to discuss. Sometimes mm-hmm. they're different than the answers that we think. Mm-hmm. Like they're different than yeah. the answers are different than we think mm-hmm. they are. I heard a sermon by uh, Levi Lesko a couple of weeks ago, and I think there was like over 300 questions asked to Jesus, and he only answers two of them, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and he usually responds with a question, yeah. and the Bible's to make you think, and I love when I graduated from Gordon-Conwell, the president gave a speech and said, our mission is to make people think theologically to have an understanding of who God is and with that framework that will guide our life, you know, and not necessarily having this rule book. I'm like, all right, I have this decision. I'm going to open up the scripture and I'm going to say, it's going to tell me to take this job or that job. And it's not giving me that answer, right? but it's giving you a heart transformation and a way to think theologically and to, to process Mm. Um, it's almost God asking us questions, right? Mm. You know, I think God is is less concerned with answering all our questions and more concerned with us going to Him with yeah. our questions. Yes, you know, 
He just wants us. Yeah. And I think my story a little bit might get a little more into the apologetic side because that's just kind of... What do you mean by apologetics? That's a... Thank you for that. (laughs) Thank you for that. Apologetics would just be the the kind of the study of defending the faith. So... Mm giving an answer for why you believe the things you believe. And I kind of, when I first came to the Bible, it wasn't for those reasons. It was just, you know, I was, I, I kind of started going to church. I, uh, you know, went to Andy's youth group and Andy was a cool guy. And he was like, I care about the Bible. And I was like, all right. So I guess I care about the Bible. And then you know my identity is being a christian and so you read the bible and you care about the bible and that's that's what you do and then i kind of hit a place in uh in just growing up where uh i just was going through a lot of doubt and that answer didn't work anymore because it was like well if i grew up in you know the middle east i might Mm -hmm. you know in in my community read the the quran the the mm-hmm. Muslim holy book, then that's what I would think was right. And so why is this any more right than that? And the thing that really brought brought me full circle back uh, was just this kind of, this idea of starting with Jesus in that, you know, you can, you can question a lot of things, but it is really hard to get away from the person of Jesus. And mm-hmm. you know, Jesus is the most influential person to, ever live you know there's it's 2000 years now and there's all these people who are following him and there's there's buildings made for him and art made for him and and the bible is something that he cared about and that he quotes from the old testament Mm -hmm. and that the the new testament is his story and the story of his first followers and so i think that that really helped me to kind of come back to the Bible and and trust the Bible when I encountered some doubt and some skepticism was just this place of like starting with Jesus. Mm. So I love, I I love what you said that Jesus quotes the old Testament and Mm -hmm. throughout Paul's letters and Peter's, they quote the old Testament. So it validates the writings of the old Testament. And then the new Testament, you know, is validated by just you know in modern times to see how what paul talks about church structure and what church is like but i also love that story that that missionary talked about in the if gathering mm. and it was very powerful and i'm gonna bosh admit kate do you want to explain that story because i don't i'm not sure which story you're talking the story about. of the guy yeah. I remember so the guy. there's but... a missionary in um somewhere oh, in the middle east yes. and yeah. yeah someone said you need to meet this guy this guy who was not a believer, didn't grow up a believer in Christ. And so they met him, and this guy said, every morning, someone in a, I think it was an all-white, like a white mm-hmm. robe, comes yeah. to my house, which is, I think it was a small house hut kind of thing, and he tells me to get a pen and to write things down. And so he took his journal out, and this missionary read what he was writing, and the first line was, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. And he had like half of the book of John written. Yeah. And I was just like goosebumps as I was hearing this. And it was a validation of 
God giving him scripture, mm. giving him the word. And it, for me, it kind of elevated the importance of, of, of the book of John and the gospels that this is like, God cares about this and wants us to know it mm. so much that he will super naturally intervene. Mm. You know, there's another story about, um, Indians, missionaries came to native Americans and they were, I think it was Geronimo, Geronimo, the, the famous Native American. And the missionary comes and talks to him about Jesus. And they said, we had known this story and you've just given us a name to what has already been revealed to us. Wow. And it's so powerful. And it validates this scripture. And if God's so big, you know, because there's a lot of like skepticism about, you know, what's in Bible, what's not. And, you know, even Martin Luther didn't acknowledge the book of James because he didn't think his theology was right. But God knows and God's not going to say, this is my book that I want you to read and I want you to know who I am. And yeah, this shouldn't be in here, but follow it anyways. He's not going to do that. He's a sovereign God. He's an almighty God. And so people have questions. I have questions. We'll get into that a little bit. And like I said, many of them are answerable. Mm. When we think, this is so confusing. What's going on here? And when you do your research and look deeper, there's answers to many of them. Mm. Mm. All right. Well, now that we've talked about the Bible for 20 minutes, let's ask (laughs) the question, what is the Bible? Um, Kate, do you want to go first? How would you... How would you go about answering that question? What is the Bible? I know. I mean, we've kind of touched on p- bits and pieces of this, but I feel like um, I think we've talked about this before, like that we like the the description of a library, that the Bible is more of a library of, of um, books that we can read, but that, you know, something um, that came up early on with our kids, I think reading through their like kids Bible was that the Bible is one big story. And just the idea that mm-hmm. um, this library tells a greater story about God, who he is about Jesus and who he is. And um, you know, the big picture of humanity as well. And so being able to view things as interconnected, um, but also, you know, independent of each other as yeah. well. Yeah, and so it's structured in a way that it's actually very simple. It's not in chronological order. You have the Pentateuch, which is the first five books of the Bible, starting with Genesis. And this was all written by like Moses. This is the law. We talked about this in a sermon. There's a moral, a civil, and a ceremonial law that were like pieced out. And then you have, you know, the judges, like the formation of Israel, God's people, the country. And all of this is pointing to Jesus. This is the story of Jesus is it's all pointing to that and so you have these you know these narratives these stories these kings so first and second kings parallel first and second chronicles and then you have these prophets who god would actually literally speak to and at first i i wish i had that but then when i hear like isaiah talk about the word of the lord it's like terrifying and i'm like all right i'm glad god spoke to you yeah. isaiah so now i can speak <laughs> here from what god said from you without having that they terrifying. are not popular dudes yeah every time god spoke <laughs> the first line was they were afraid yeah. <laughs> it's terrifying yeah. 
And so everything, so you have these minor prophets that Connor talked about. And so that's kind of like the structure of the Old Testament. And then there's this 400 year period of silence and then Jesus comes. And then you have the four gospels that were written. They're um, a biography of the, the life of Jesus and then Acts. And then the way it's structured is Paul writes these letters to churches and they're in order of length. Romans being the longest and then mm-hmm. Corinthians, they're not in chronological order. They're really it's like a very simple way. Like what's the biggest book? Let's put that first and go from there. Yeah. And then you have, you know, the other writings of Peter and John and James after that. And then you have Revelations, which was done by John as well. So it's kind of all over the map in terms of a timeline. And so if we read through the Bible and thinking that we're reading a novel, we're going to be confused. We're going to be right. not understanding. And that's just not how the Bible is intended it to be read. Um, chapters don't exist in these letters. Mm. You know, Paul is like, chapter two. No, in, the, no. in the original writings. In right? the original yeah. writing. They're just put in there or to make it. verse markers. Verse yeah. markers. There were no verses. They were just one long letter. Um, yeah. Some of these chapters, you know, in Isaiah, like 44 to 52, are one long poem that are supposed to be together. And we have, like, marked things out so we could find it. So we could say, hey, find John 1-1. One, one. Like, okay, we'll all find John 1-1 one, one so we can read and discuss together. But it was meant to be a letter, you know, written to a certain uh, people group at a certain time, but yet still in, in the amazingness of God that it still transcends time that we can also benefit from that. Mm, that's good. Yeah. So we heard it's a, it's a library that the, the Bible, which Bible I think means book, but mm. it, it's not really a biblical name, ironically, mm. because it's 66 books, right. right? So it's it's a library. It's written uh, by over 40 different authors across four continents over thousands of years in three different languages. So that's not like, that's not a book. Mm. That's a, it's a library. Uh, 66 books, 39 in the Old Testament, 26 in the New, 27 in the New. Look at you. There we go. Well, I'm just, this is good stuff. <laughs> you know, good. It's good stuff to know. Uh, and then we said it's a it's a story. And mm. I think if you look at the first page of the Bible, it starts with in the beginning. Mm. And if you look at the last page of the Bible, uh, in the last chapter, it's not the last verse because the author John kind of closes out that book. But right before that, in the last chapter, it says, and they will reign forever and ever. And so what kind of book starts with in the beginning and ends with? forever and ever Mm. it's a story Mm. um and and we're we're in the middle of that story Mm. and so the the bible is you know giving us god's story the story of god and humanity and heaven and earth and his salvation and his goodness yes goodness it's a it's a story with a happy ending a happy ending we talked about one time i think the three of us were talking about kind of children's books and how Mm -hmm over the years they've changed, but that this, there's like an old school narrative of like the Bible is about these really great people that, you know, (laughs) and 
these heroes of the faith in some ways that sometimes we think of the Bible as a collection of people who did a great job at life or followed God well. And it's almost the opposite of that every single time um, that God used a bunch of normal, you know, less than perfect in every way people. And I think that's an important thing too, that um, to kind of distinguish like this is not um, what, what's the phrase, you know, we often say, prescriptive versus descriptive that not everything in the Bible is, is what we're supposed to do. It, it's sometimes just describing what someone did or, or how someone was. And the greater lesson is often how not to be in many ways. Mm. It's a big book on redemption. Yeah. That's good. People are messed up making the choices that God doesn't want them to make, but yet God still uses them. In the midst of it, Moses, mm. murderer, David, murderer, mm. are some of the you know heroes of faith. Mm. And the list goes on and on, pointing to Jesus who never messed up. Mm. And it's like, you guys keep screwing up. Um, but I'm going to send my son, who's perfect, to save you from your mess ups. Mm. And what a beautiful story that is. So beautiful. And it gives us hope. I don't understand how people live life without the hope that we have in Christ. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I want to kind of run through the story a little. Mm. So in, in short, the story of the Bible is God creates the heavens and the earth. He calls everything good. He puts people on this earth to, to take care of it. And he calls them very good. They're made in his image and, People are with God and they're the ruling over the earth and that's things as they should be. And then sin enters and people mess it up. And then God tries to work with the people and they mess it up and they mess it up and they mess it up and they mess it up. And And that's kind of the Old Testament in a nutshell is Mm -hmm. just God trying to work with people and then people messing it up and messing it up until finally in the New Testament, God becomes a human himself and he does it right. And he pays the price for their sins and 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 their mistakes. And he, he builds a bridge back for, for God and people. Mm-hmm. And then the the rest of the New Testament is the, the first group of people after Jesus trying to work that out mm-hmm. and figure out how do we how do we live like this now? Mm-hmm. And then it ends with looking ahead to the future, um, where what Jesus did on the cross is completely fulfilled and the heavens and the earth are restored and redeemed and we see a garden again, but it's also a, a city. It's the city of Jerusalem and there's, mm. there's people working and living and worshiping God and, and enjoying life and ruling over the earth as they were supposed to. And it's this thriving mm. garden city mm. and, yeah, that's, I, I think one of the things that always strikes me is that what you said about how do people live without, you know, this hope. And I think sometimes when we're in these def, desperate places or we, we really want hope and we go to the Bible and we try to, you know, find a verse that's going to encourage us. And we're very focused on like verses and the mm. quote mm-hmm. and the one liner, like mm. that's just going to like, I can put it on my wall. And, mm. and I think that's awesome. But I 
at least personally, find so much more hope and peace in just the story of the Bible than any one verse. And I think when you when you get that story in your bones a little, it just mm. like it just gives you so much hope and peace of all right, bring it on, life. Bring it on because I know where this story's going. Mm, Thanks, Karen. That's You've really given good. us excuse that we don't need to read the Bible anymore because you just summed it up for us. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> Saved no, you a lot of time. Really <laughs> well, I think we're let's start kind of wrapping up this conversation. I think we're gonna continue it in another podcast where we're gonna get more into the nitty gritty of how we read the Bible. But something I'd like to end on is um reading Second Timothy uh 3 16 and 17 and this is to kind of address the idea of you know is is the bible the bible's god's word but it's written by humans and how does that all make sense mm. is this just humans wrote it and we're just supposed to trust these humans is this like did it drop down from the sky was it from god it just dropped down from the sky did people's eyes roll to the back of their head and they just wrote down all these word for word just the spirit took them over how does that work and i i think uh i think this verse gives us a little bit of of help with that and then i'd love to hear how you guys think about all that um but second timothy 3 16 and 17 says all scripture is god breathed and is useful for teaching rebuking correcting and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Hmm. So that word right there, all scripture is God breathed. Some translations will say inspired. What do you guys, uh, how do you guys understand that? I think that's a loaded question. Um, one, it's saying all scripture I don't think Paul intended 2 Timothy to be included as scripture when he wrote it. He's writing a letter to his uh, um, to Timothy, who's a younger guy, taking over a church that he planted. And he's giving them this letter of encouragement, some to-dos and not-to-dos, and how to lead this church. And that's the context. Mm -hmm. And so scripture, I think he's definitely using the Old Testament, you know, and and, and possibly some of the Gospels, although I don't even know if they were written at the time that Second Timothy was written. And so when he's saying that all Scripture is God-breathed, is that you know the Old Testament for sure, and, and maybe some of these letters are from the Lord. That This is God speaking to us, inspired. This is not God. To, so basically what we see in, in all of Scripture, what we call scripture and include second timothy is they're just recording what god's doing you know they're recording what god is doing the gospels are recording their three years that they walked along jesus you know that they really took it upon themselves you know a, you know a 15 20 years after jesus ascended like we need to write down these stories because it was an oral tradition oral was a tradition that they would tell story after story orally that was really how the gospel spread and finally i realized we're getting older we need to write this down and really have a good account and all the gospels are written differently for different contexts different audience 
but you know Luke especially he was very detailed and would say things like and this person lives right now you can go visit this place it was meant to be a more of a newspaper like I'm just gonna tell you what I saw and what Jesus said and 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 for that inspired like they're just telling what they saw and what Jesus said there's not a lot of Luke saying and this is what I think that means that that's not what happens now Paul goes a little bit deeper in it and I do believe that we know that Paul had an encounter with Jesus on the road to Damascus that he was commissioned to preach the good news to the Gentiles and I'm going to preach about that in a couple weeks when we want to main uh, multiply over maintain as being a disciple that if God could take Saul who was murdering believers and say no I don't want you to murder but I actually want you to create more believers and he's really giving practical advice on how to live life as a believer how to do church together and I believe that is from God and but to be look at the context the culture why is he saying this and we'll get into all that yeah. in a little bit <laughs> as he comes the gun a little so I don't know if I answer that question totally but there you go Hmm. Well, and I think I think there's little little pieces of that verse that you can just think about on a practical level. You know, all scripture is useful and and where we might be tempted to say like, oh, this is just a poem or this is just history or whatever. However, we want to view these different pieces to know that it's useful. And then at the end, it talks about for what, you know, for equipping the servants of God for every good work. And so to I think it it affirms a lot of what we're saying that there is something to be gained for us here in this um and there's there's an endurance piece with with um with studying the bible to be able to um to to receive from it what god has for us and so i think i think those are the things that come to mind yeah i think that yeah everything you said was was really good and I, I think that word that word God breathed the idea that that God's that that word breath is a word that's also used for God's spirit a mm. lot in scripture and so there's this idea that, that God's spirit is is in this and I think uh, our understanding of Jesus helps us understand the Bible because you know Jesus is he's not you know partially God and partially man. He's mm-hmm. fully God and fully man, um, fully human, fully God. And I think the Bible is is almost similar where it's, we have to remember that, that this is a, a human work, right? It was written by humans. It has, you know, human influence. Like Paul comes out in, in what he wrote and, and David comes out in what he wrote. But it's also divine it mm. is god's word it's it it's from his spirit uh it it's true it's in line with him it's from him it's for us and and he's in it and over it and he he's given this to us mm. so i think holding that that tension of not going too far where it's it's not human at all it's just like drop drop sky yep. yeah gotcha but not going too far the other way where it's this is just some things that people wrote and there's some good stuff and there's some whatever stuff, Hmm. take it or leave it. Um, But that this is, 
God's work through humans. And God loves working through humans. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're called to build this kingdom, and many of you have been influenced by someone else for the faith. And it wasn't that one day that Jesus appeared in your living room and was like, hey, love me. And you're like, okay. It was probably through someone. Right. Mm-hmm. And he loves letting us be a part of building his kingdom. Mm. Yeah. That's good. Well, we're already like, this is our longest episode yet. And we didn't even get into the second half of the conversation. So that's a good sign. Uh, we'll talk more about this uh, in next week's episode. Uh, but we'll, uh, we'll stop for now. But have a great day, guys. Bye, guys.